Happy Easter! And welcome to this very special Easter edition of Sunday Online. In just a few moments, Nikki and I will be bringing you today's message. But before then, why don't you sit back, relax and enjoy this really powerful spoken word. It's finished. It's over. There's more of them than us and they look a lot bigger. The villain's got the girl and his fingers on the trigger. Voldemort, Sauron and Vader reign. It's gone to penalties against the Germans again. It's a terrible feeling when hope is erased, faith misplaced, virtue defaced, gloom embraced, reputation replaced with the taste of disgrace. When you've pushed every door and it's been slammed in your face, when you realise you're third in a two-horse race. So come sit with me on Golgotha's slopes. See human history at its lowest ebb. See the forces of goodness and grace on the ropes. Evil had spoken, last rites read. In a phony gown and thorny crown, he's mocked and knocked and shamed. As he staggers down through an angry town, they spit and hit and hate. Hands that forged galaxies and flung starry trails are pierced and punctured by merciless nails. His body succumbing to brutal infliction. These, the horrors of crucifixion. And as dice are tossed, hope is lost. Desolate disciples count the cost. King of the Jews, his headrest embossed. A criminal's killing on Calvary's cross. And as last words cut through foul-smelling air, the whole of the cosmos cries out in despair. It is finished. It's over. But then dawn breaks on Easter day. Darkness quakes as shadows give way to the light. He resurrections the plan, it's why God sent him. And the comeback's on, there's a change of momentum. The powers of damnation in previous jubilation have been hushed and crushed by the Lord of creation. See, he takes the hit, stands where we should have stood, and that's why we call Friday good. And he's back with life and with us and blessed. And that's why we can know it as Sunday best. So to the four nil down, to the backs against the wall, Listen to his rallying resurgent call. And to those up against it in brokenness and pain, Easter's story roars, we go again. So thine be the glory, death's lost its sting. Here's to Jesus, the comeback king. I'd like to start by thanking Phil Knox and the Evangelical Alliance for that incredible spoken word. It's been brilliant that they've put it out for churches to use and it's been inspirational for Nikki and I coming up with today's theme for looking at comebacks. You see, us Brits, we love comebacks. There are other things we love too. We love a cup of tea in a time of crisis or if you're my wife, you like a cup of tea at any time of day. We like sandwiches, we like Yorkshire puddings, we like to be very polite and if we bump into someone, we're the ones who apologise. There are loads of things that make us typically British, but some of them include we love a comeback and we love an underdog, don't we? 
Let's think of some amazing comebacks. How about in athletics when in a 5,000 or a 10,000 meter race, someone falls over, but then they manage to get themselves up and continue in the race and then start overtaking people. And yes, the commentator gets so excited as they finally go on to win the race. Mo Farah's done it and it's totally amazing. Escape to Victory. When I mentioned this film to Nikki, she said she had no idea what the film is. I will educate her. But in that film, isn't it brilliant? Do, 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 do. It's so exciting. And we love the comeback that takes place. I think my favourite from a film is from Karate Kid, where you've got Danny in the final fight against Johnny. And uh, Johnny comes in and hits his knee that's already damaged. Mr Miyagi's just looking on and nodding and he assumes the crane position. Will he? Won't he do it? Amazing, he knocks the guy down and he wins, wins the trophy given to him by the bad guy. You're all right, LaRusso. It's an amazing comeback. We totally love comebacks and that is what we are talking about this morning. You see, the Easter story is one of the greatest comeback stories ever told. It's better than Arnie's I'll be back. It seemed like game over on that Easter Sunday morning for the disciples. They were huddled together. They were fearful. They were full of doubt. They were full of despair. It seemed as though everything that they had understood and put their hope in was completely dead and buried. Why were they so discouraged? Well, for about 400 years, generations of the Jewish people had believed that the promised Messiah was coming. This person, the one who would deliver them from their oppression, from life as they knew it, the one who would restore right order and bring people to God. And the disciples had dared to believe that it was Jesus. They had seen Jesus do the most incredible things. They'd seen him heal the sick. They'd seen him perform miracles. They'd seen him even raise people from the dead. And they'd watched as he had reached beyond the margins of society to embrace the outcasts, to touch the untouchables. He lived this revolutionary life of love that they had been touched and forever changed by. And so they did dare to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Then, Three years into doing life with this man, they arrive at Jerusalem, ready to celebrate Passover. And there's this red carpet moment, this moment where Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey and crowds have gathered from far and wide as news has traveled that Jesus is here. And the crowds begin to shout and they're shouting blessings over Jesus. They're cheering and they're celebrating his arrival. They're waving palm branches as he processes in and they're laying palm branches down like an avenue with coats as well as he enters Jerusalem. It's like this amazing arrival of a celebrity and for the disciples this moment must have confirmed everything that they had dared to believe. He really is the one and it's not just us who has seen this, everybody knows it. He's the Messiah, he truly is the Son of God. But less than a week later Jesus is arrested. 
The disciples, in fear, scatter. And they watch at a distance as Jesus is brutalised. As he carries his cross alone up a hill. As he stumbles and can't even complete the journey carrying his cross by himself. Someone has to carry it for him. And they watch at a distance as Jesus is killed. The most agonizing death on a cross with two common criminals on either side. This was not just a setback. This was game over. You see, it wasn't just Jesus that was crucified in that moment. In that moment, everything that they had dared to dream, the destiny of an entire people, in fact, of the world at large, seemingly, was crucified with him. And as he breathed his last breath on the cross, Jesus cried, it is finished. Three words that in that moment just seemed to echo and reinforce the finality of this situation, the hopelessness of it all. Three words that seemed to suggest well and truly that all their hopes were dashed. And yet, these three words actually were pointing to a final twist in the tale, to a moment of divine rescue, a plan conceived before the beginning of time by Father, Spirit and Son. These three words actually pointed to another three words that would announce the greatest comeback ever told. He is risen. Let me rewind a bit though and set the scene. On Friday, Jesus is crucified. When he's taken down from the cross, he's buried hurriedly in another man's tomb, a guy called Joseph. His disciples aren't able to take care of his body with the proper rituals of the time. And they can't do it the next day because it's the Sabbath. And so the Gospel of Luke tells us that very early in the morning on Sunday, while it was still dark, Two of Jesus' disciples, two women, went with spices to look after and take care of his body. They were concerned, the Bible tells us, because they didn't know how they were going to roll away the huge stone that was in front of the tomb. When they got there, the stone had already been moved. They went running up to the tomb. They looked inside and Jesus wasn't there. His body wasn't there. As they turned around and came out, suddenly two men were there, two angels dressed in clothes so radiantly bright, dazzlingly bright that they fell to their faces, the ladies. And the, the angels said, who are you looking for? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, aren't you? Who was crucified? He's not here. He's risen. He's gone on to Galilee as he said he would. The women jumped up and ran to tell the rest of the disciples. You see, in that moment, in Jesus rising again, death was defeated. Hope was alive and love had won. The cross was heaven's beautiful rescue plan. As Jesus tied, he took on himself all of the sin, all of the stuff where we fall short, where we make mistakes, the things that we've done that we're ashamed of, that we feel must disqualify us from God's love. 
anything that separates you and me and others from God's love. He took it all and it died with him. But Jesus didn't stay dead. Not only did he die and take all of that stuff from us, he overcame death itself. He rose again and in the rising again, death was defeated once and for all. For anyone who believes in him, there is new hope on the horizon. Life in colour, life beyond death and eternity with Jesus. What a comeback that is. Yes, what a comeback. The significance of Jesus, the comeback king, of this greatest comeback of all time for you and for me is this. Because he came back, we can come back. You see, a lot of the time when I'm talking with people as a church leader, one of the things I hear a lot of the time is, well, I'm not a religious person, but, or God couldn't possibly be interested in me. I'm too far gone. I've, I've done stuff that just can't be forgiven. Well, the great news about Easter Sunday, about this incredible comeback, is that there is nowhere that you can have gone that is outside of God's love. You are not too far gone. If today you feel lost in your shame, lost in your pain, maybe lost in your addiction, lost in your guilt or past mistakes, the great news of the Easter story is that Jesus came back so that you could come back to God. You see, Jesus came back from the dead to make a way for you and me to be in right relationship with God. The Easter story is about new life. It's about new hope. It's about new beginnings. And wherever you find yourself in relation to God today, I want you to know that there is nowhere outside of his love or outside of his reach. There's a way back for you today, even in this moment that's just about to unfold. There's a moment for you to have new life with Jesus. No matter what your past is, the amazing thing about Jesus is that he accepts us just the way we are. And there's a verse in Romans 5 verse 8 that says this, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? Well, it means that we don't have to smart, smarten up our act today to be good enough for God. There's nothing that you or I could ever do that would be good enough to earn his affection. And that's why Jesus died on the cross, to make sure that all of that stuff that could ever separate us from God was dealt with. And the great news is that we, we don't have to suddenly learn to speak the right language or stop swearing or give up this or that. Jesus died for you just the way you are. And he died for me just the way I am. But he doesn't want to leave us as we are. He offers us this incredible new start. It's like turning the page, a new chapter, a new beginning. The greatest comeback story ever told offers you and I 
the opportunity to come back to God, to have a relationship with our dad in heaven, to walk and talk with him each and every day, and to have a hope beyond death. If you've been listening to our sound bites over the last few weeks, or maybe you've been coming to church for a while or going to a different church, or perhaps today you stumbled across us online completely by chance, maybe today you feel you want to take a step to give your life to God. Maybe you've been hearing about this incredible comeback and you think, yeah, that's me. I want to find a way back to my Father in heaven. Well, the invitation is there for you today and we're about to take communion. Pete's going to lead us in that in just a moment. And if that's you, as part of our communion this morning, Pete's going to pray a prayer. And it's for anyone who wants to make that connection with God. Why don't you pray it? You can pray it out loud or you can pray it in your heart. But that's going to be an opportunity for you to come back to the one who loves you more than life itself. Okay, we've got to the part of this little service together where we're going to have communion. So everyone's allowed to take part. This isn't a, a, a spectator sport. This is one where we all get involved. So if you have some bread and wine or any equivalent, I have got a Jacob's cream cracker, which is very dry, and um, some red wine. Do go and grab yourself something if you're not prepared and press pause on this. I'll still be here waiting for you when you get back the wonders of technology and isn't it exciting and brilliant that we can have communion together and remember Jesus. So the first thing we're going to do is to, to take the bread or the equivalent and remember Good Friday. Remember that Jesus' body was broken and he was crucified for us so that we might have life. Man, that is dry. And then we're going to take the wine together or whatever drink you have and remember Jesus' blood that was poured out for us so that we could be restored to right relationship with our Father in heaven. How amazing is that? So let's just pause and remember all that Jesus did over this Easter weekend for us. Nikki has said that I'm going to pray for us as well. So if you are thinking to yourself, you know what, I'd like to start this journey. I'd like to understand what it is to be in relationship with my Father in heaven. I want to accept Jesus into my heart and I want his comeback reality to be my reality. Why don't you pray with me now? Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I give you my life. I give you my heart. Every failure and every regret. Thank you that you died for me on the cross. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your amazing love. I receive that new beginning and I walk into a new life with you as my Lord. Amen. If you've prayed that for the first time and you'd like some support as to what to do next, we'd love to hear from you. Do please get in touch with us. The final thing left for me to do is to wish you a very, very happy Easter to all of our Skylark family near and far. We love you. We miss you. We can't wait to see you again. 